I think I can go. Let me just check my bank account first. Make sure I have enough money. Sure. Oh, hang on. Ugh, it's one of those CAPTCHA things. I hate these. Really? It just makes you type in the letters and numbers you see. It's not that hard. Yeah, but I can never quite... Is that a four? Sorry, I can't tell you that. What? It sort of defeats the purpose of the test. Just type what you see. Come on, Danny. I can't. Look, these tests exist for a reason. To keep the robots out of things that are made for humans only. Come on, I'm obviously not a robot. I just don't have my glasses. Glasses are a type of machine in a way. Your dependence on them might not make you a full robot, but it at least makes you a cyborg. And I don't know about you, but I for one am not comfortable with robots and cyborgs using our non-profit ATM fee-free credit unions. Next you'll be coming for our children. You don't even have children. You're sterile. Sure. And maybe I got that way from standing too close to you and your uranium power core. You know what? This is ridiculous. Let's just go watch TV or something. It's just not important enough to get into all this. Okay, what do you want to watch? Uh, let me see what's on tonight. Short Circuit, The Iron Giant... Here's a Terminator sequel on HBO. How are you only seeing those titles all those other... Oh... Ah, uh, well, shit. That's a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Episode 167, featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Wait, what? What a fucking lazy asshole. <laughs> I know, there's quick brown foxes jumping all over him. Here, here, here's the thing. That story is about a guy what story? who... The, the shoemaker. What are you talking about? You never heard the this, uh, story, Shoemaker and the Elves. The Shoemaker-Levy Comet? Yeah. That, that Make... was supposed to smack into Jupiter? Yeah, that's where the red spot came from. Okay, so wh- why is Jupiter lazy? I'm I, I'm so confused. So there's there's a, there's a giant gas planet that owns a shoe store, right? Okay. And he repairs shoes, but the place is going under because it sucks. Well, yeah, and and plus that far out in the solar system, really, there's not much call for shoes. I mean, you could no, you're not going to get a whole lot of people coming in. No, just so not a lot of foot traffic. He goes to bed one night, and some elves show up. Uh huh. And they start fixing shoes for him. And suddenly everyone's coming to Jupiter to get their shoes fixed because he's really because they think he's really good at it. Oh, you're talking about everyone comes to Jupiter. Yes, that's that's what they called it on the Twilight Zone. I know the story now. Yes, jeez. The radio adventures of Matt and Algar, starring Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt as themselves. Our story so far. Separating from the rest of the group, Al and the Dinosaur Puncher head deep into the jungle to track down the apparently traitorous colonel. We join them now as they approach their latest lead, an abandoned MUCUS base. And now, today's episode, on the trail of the colonel. I still say I could have swum across the moat. But you're still a horse. Horses can swim, I've seen it. Recently. Uh, that's my two-way wrist radio. Can you answer that? I don't have a wrist. Hello? Matt? It's Matt. Tell him I'm still a horse. He says he's still a... Oh, you heard. Oh, you do? What is he... You can? Is he saying... You did? Matt, can you... But what is he... That's great news. Is he talking about a... Is there a thing that... I will... 
Can I follow? They are? Well, uh, what? What is it? Shh. Well, they are? Tell me. Silence! I mean, uh. Oh, we're done. Okay, bye, Matt. What did he say? Great news! Are you sitting down? Oh, right. Well, good news. Matt's not a lizard man anymore. He's just a regular man. Good old regular Matt. And he knows how to change you back. All we need is some radium. Well, any civilized structure is lousy with radium. It's a miracle substance. Why, there's some right here in this pantry full of rations, right next to the delicious puffed rice cereal. So while I chew on this multifunctional wonder element, why don't you tell me about this dinosaur punching business? It sounds vaguely fascinating, and I feel like I hardly even know you. It's about time you asked. I thought we were going to be talking about you all day. I have real human problems, almost none of which involve possibly being turned into glue. Coward. Surely remember the war between the prehistoric mammals and the dinosaurs. Sure, what schoolboy didn't learn about that? Dottie wind it. Oh, right. I miss Dottie. We all miss Dottie. So, anyway, I was a major in the Sabertooth Tiger Brigade when I lost my husband. Those dinosaur bastards. If only! No, this was friendly fire. He was suffocated by a traitorous woolly mammoth. Poor bastard was cuddled to death. That's... tragic? Yes! Okay. So that's all. Shouldn't you be punching woolly mammoths then and not dinosaurs? No, I punch both. But dinosaur puncher is a rank. How long have you been in MUCUS? It goes Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major, Dinosaur Puncher. I was hoping to retire as Dinosaur Kicker. Hey, sorry to interrupt. Two important pieces of information have become relevant. First, I'm not a horse anymore. Also, I found the colonel, and he's dead. I guess that's three important pieces of information. Okay. Tune in again for our next exciting installment, Adrift in the Magma Sea, only on the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. I hereby call this meeting of the Sarcasteers to order. I said can it. All right, first order of business. What is that? What is what? That gigantic metal contraption. Who brought that in here? That's my robot. I met him on my adventures that I went on with Mr. Matt and Mr. Al. Horses! (laughs) Well, of course you get to go on missions. You have badge number one. How come I get badge number four? I signed up the first day. Mr. Matt and Mr. Al get badges two and three. Badge number one goes to the president, chair girl, and sidekick extraordinaire for life, which is me. And what badge number is your stupid robot? Well, horses, Norman. He can't wear a badge. What would we pin it to? Tabulating. (laughs) My dad says robots are part of the Kaiser's secret army. Tell your dad we defeated the Kaiser in the Great War. Mr. Matt and Mr. Al tell me that. Well, what does that thing even do? He's my friend. He protects me. And I taught him to help us with our recruiting drive. Watch this. Hey, kids, join the Sarcasters. You get all this cool stuff, including a nifty decoder ring. Unscramble hidden messages from Matt and Al. It's easy and it's fun. 
Just go to sarcasticvoyage.com and click fan club. What's a sarcaster? Horses. He got every other word right. That's pretty good for a mechanical man. Pretty good. Doesn't sell Dakota rings. And he didn't even mention the deluxe membership, which includes the ray gun and iron-on transfers. You don't have to tell me about the ray guns. Tell all the other kids. How many members have you even recruited? I recruited Chucky. Chucky's a great mascot, but he's a hound dog. <laughs> There's never been a better time to become a sarcastier. Five dollars gets you a decoder ring, a window cling, and a numbered badge like mine. And for only fifteen dollars, you can get a ray gun like <sighs> Norman mentioned. Proceeds go to keeping us kids off the streets and to making the swell radio program you're listening to right now. So join today. Safe journeys, everyone. I wish I had a robot. And you always will. Al, can I talk to you for a second? Sure, honey. Uh, first of all, what is that noise? Was that always here? Oh, uh, I put that in here a couple of weeks ago when George Lowe was here. It's uh, for awkward silences, so people know when they're deliberate and not some kind of technical glitch. I thought you hated long pauses because you told me you did, and also you edited out all of our breathing because that's j wasted joke time. At least that's what you told me that one time when we talked about it, why it doesn't ever sound like I, d I breathe. And anyway, aren't we still pretending that we're on a submarine? Couldn't you at least tell people that we're it's something to do with a submarine? Well, you know, I told you there'd be a lot of changes when we relaunched. Right, which brings me to... Al, who the hell is this? Who the hell is who? Uh, the guy standing not three feet away from us who's been quietly reading that script the entire time. What, that? That's Jason. Hi, Matt. Yeah, hi. Al, I don't know this person. As far as I understand it, unless everyone who's ever been on the show already knows a person, they basically don't exist. You know, that does seem like a really smart way to run a podcast, but uh, I thought I'd try something a little different. Jason here is a voice actor. Oh, Al, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, this sketch here where you have Sherlock Holmes going on and on for... Uh... Seven pages about how he solved a crime? Take that, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, yes, so did you want me to do a sort of Basil Rathbone? There's apparent to me from the telltale traces of instant potato flakes in the victim's kitchen. Or, or maybe a Robert Downey Jr. kind of, I'm clearly the most clever and adorable person in this room, Watson. Now show Shabam. Um... Or, or I could try a Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, is that what that guy does? Uh, well, all of those were perfect. I didn't even give you my Cumberbatch yet. He doesn't know anything about Sherlock Holmes. Ooh, Jason, do your Skeletor for Matt. Beastman, seize those fools! What? Pretty great, huh? But, but I... I... Sorry, that was a bit off. Uh, that's like Oppenheimer doing Merman all day and then switching to Skeletor. I can do it better. Hang on a sec. Skeletor's my bit. You can't get a new Skeletor. And who the hell is Oppenheimer? Alan Oppenheimer voiced Skeletor in the Filmation cartoon, you fool. Al, can the new guy call me a fool? I think he just did. Oh, and this Hannibal sketch. I didn't even know we were doing a Hannibal sketch. It seems like the whole point is that you think it's funny that Hannibal Lecter is played as German on the show. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't even sound anything like Anthony Hopkins. Lecter's German in the books. Listen, you stick to the voice acting, kid. Writing is hard work. You leave that to me. Oh, really? Because I had a bunch of sketch pitches here, but I guess I can... Ooh, let's have a look. Battlestar Mathematica. Watch as Sir Isaac Newton, with the help of calculus, integrate Cylons into space with the airlock ha this is great stuff yeah it's it's good but it's not a sarcastic voyage well, what does that mean it means he didn't write it silence you fool sarcastic voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking 
to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. Nineteen fifty nine. Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev and Vice President Richard Nixon jointly attend the American National Exhibition in Moscow. On display is a model home that the exhibitors proudly claim that any average American can afford to own. As they toured the structure, an impromptu political discourse between Nixon and Khrushchev emerged. History would remember this discussion as, no kidding, the kitchen debate. So, uh, you can see, ladies and gentlemen of the uh, press, and those of you Soviet uh, gentlemen, America may have fallen a little behind in the uh, relatively insignificant area of rocket science, but we sure do know how to whip up an omelet. If this sad pile of eggs and ham represents your capitalist city of Denver, I no longer fear being overtaken by capitalism. Chicken Kiev? Now that is a dish named for a place. Let me take you through this model home, Mr. Premier. I'll show you what a typical American housewife like my wife Pat has at her disposal. You should put on fancy apron and pearls like her June Cleaver. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a good one, Mr. Premier. I was serious. Well, now, if you'll come over here, you'll see, uh... Looks like some kind of, uh... I think this is, uh, for the love of cunting shit, Bob, what is this thing? Yes, I know I'm sweating through my cock-fucking suit. I didn't think I'd have to demonstrate a goddamn dishwasher, of course. It's for, uh, washing dishes. What else would it be for? In Soviet Russia, dishes. Yes, yes, dishes wash you. What very, very funny. What? No, I was going to say, in Soviet Russia, we do not have such a device. We wash dishes with hands, not machine. Well, in the good old U.S. of A., we don't even have to touch our dishes. This machine does all the cleaning for us. Hang on, my handler... Uh, what is it, Bob? You mean you have to rinse them off first? What the bitch-chitting, cock-fuckery kind of modern convenience is... Oh, uh, apparently your average American gets the experience of uh, manual and automatic washing, giving him, uh, her, the... Uh, more well-rounded education in the uh, total field of washing dishes. It's amazing we got to orbit before you did. And uh, over here we see a uh, little help here, Bob. This is a, a waffle waffle iron, apparently. Of course, for when your waffles get wrinkled. Right, uh, right. Uh, you know, you know, Pat's never served me a wrinkly waffle in nineteen years of marriage. She must be quite the whiz with this little thing. And this over here, I definitely know what this is. Here we have a television. We use this to sweet, living, cum-drenched fuck buckets. What is that? Uh, that's you, Mr. Vice President. Uh, that television is showing a live feed of your image. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, I was just uh, startled by the uh, sudden appearance of someone quite so ruggedly handsome. Now, over here we have the icebox. This is like where you put Lenin, except we put food in ours. I've been telling those people for years to just put him into the ground already. I volunteer to do it myself. I bring my shovel to Red Square, I look him in the eye, and I say, Comrade Lenin, I will bury you. I, uh, think the Soviet Union may still be a few years behind the U.S. in catchphrase technology, Mr. Khrushchev. Trust me, people who hear this debate on radio will think it's hilarious. Hey, you the new guy? Hmm? Oh, yeah, uh, Mumbos Parva. Good to meet you. Oh, uh, sorry, I thought you had a hand. Nope. Tentacles all the way. That's cool. I get that a lot. I'm Clibus. Oh, uh, man, thank you for being cool about it. That could have been really awkward. So, uh, 
What's the deal here? Hmm? I, well, what are we supposed to do here, exactly? Oh, uh, basically we just stand around. Make the place look full, be intimidating to anyone who might come in trying to mess with a big man. Oh, that's him up there, huh? That's Java? Next to the unsettling rat guy, yeah. Hate that little fucker. Thank you. I didn't want to say anything, but he gives me the creeps. He gives us all the creeps. Anyway, yeah, enjoy the music. Is that Psy Snoodles? No, that's a very gifted Psy Snoodles impersonator. His name's Rick. Anyway, get yourself a drink. Mingle. It's like a non-stop party here, really. A dark, dank party that never ends. So, is there nowhere to sit, or...? There's not, actually. And we're expected to sleep here? Yeah, you'll figure it out. It's not as uncomfortable as it sounds. Sidle up to a Gamorian guard. Those guys are more billy than you think. Huh. What about that guy over there who keeps pulling his mask down every ten seconds? Hmm? Oh, that's Lando Calarizian. What? Seriously? The guy that got chased out of the Bespin by the Empire? Isn't there, like, a crazy bounty on his head? I mean, this is a room full of bounty hunters, right? Listen. Probably 70-80% of the guys in this place are in disguise, waiting for the right moment to rescue some friend of theirs. We try not to get in each other's way. Oh, it is such a relief to hear you say that. Actually, I'm here looking for my cousin Greedo. Oh, honey, you'd better sit down. Where? There was there was a style of rap song in the it was after hip hop had sort of broken out from a subculture and it become mainstream. It was before the whole bitches and hoes thing, where there was this whole structure of a song that told you a story in three verses. Right. Where it would give you a thesis and then three examples. Right. People would ask you if you'd ever had a friend you tried to date. Uh, I guess that one counts in the sense that. It is to that genre what Bismarcky is to human speech, which is, it approximates <laughs> well, I, it. I guess that there's something familiar here. It approximates it, but it's not exactly right. You know, Bismarcky raps like he's deaf. Yes, that is about right. <laughs> so in, in that sense, yes, Just a Friend is one of those songs that I'm talking about. If, if you were somehow mentally deaf. Mm-hmm. And not D-E-F, deaf, like like dope. No, just deaf. Just As deaf. in, can't see. Right, can't see with your ears. Um, But there'd be like, uh, parents just don't understand, that was the central thesis. Mm -hmm. And the supporting uh, lyrics would be, you know, I my mom made me wear horrible clothes from the 60s and all my friends made fun of me. That was the first thing. Sure. And I don't remember the other one off the top of my head, but the last one was... Uh, I stole their Porsche and went on a joy ride with what ended up being a prostitute. Yeah. And my parents got mad at me. They just don't understand. That's kind of risky for, uh, a risque for Will Smith. No, runaway. Excuse me. 12 year old runaway. I just ah, assume, I assume prostitute because wow, she's a 12 year old runaway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. very risque for Will Smith. I know. And this was when he was still the Fresh Prince. This was before the show even. Wow. This was, well, by that know. point, he might have been young enough that they were just hanging out. No, no, no. He stole the Porsche. Right. He stole his, his parents' Porsche. You can steal a Porsche when you're, like, 14. Oh, sure you can, but you can't claim to be innocent. No. 
that sort of being a a car thief sort of means the end of innocence, I think, and and mm. joyriding with a twelve year old runaway. Um, and then and then he's lamenting about being grounded, and then but then there's the quintessential example of this kind of song. All right. Which is Funky Cold Medina, which the central thesis of which is uh, my roofie does not operate as expected. See, that's one of the few ones I do know because... Because that's Tom Locke is Canadian? Yeah, no. Well, yes, actually. Is he really? No, I have no idea. Oh, but it gonna... is on the um, it is on the repeat track at work. Some central company somewhere decides what goes in all these stores. Yes. And someone decided it's perfectly okay to have the malfunctioning roofie song as part of the regular rotation in their retail chain. Yeah, and it's not just that one. It's the other one that I can't remember the name of Wild now, thing? but it's exactly... Yes. Yeah, but that's just about him wanting to have sex. Right. That's barely a thesis at all. I want to have sex. That's that's like um, Bust a Move. Mm-hmm. I love that song, too. That's that's one of the quintessential, like, just pop rap, you know, fun songs. Mm. But um, but there's really nothing to it. He's just saying, if you want to have sex, then go ahead. Try to have sex. <laughs> if you want to have sex, then do so. Yes. You know, of course, obtain obtain your potential partner's consent. Of course, and and you don't want anyone throwing their hands up in the air and shouting rape. Right, and then and then do your best to proceed to um, get the woman's attention in any way that you can. Um, mm -hmm. E.g., bust a move. You wanted to see me, sir. Yeah, there's some uh, jackass outside the Pirates of Caribbean, clearly intoxicated, yelling at people. I think you should probably go down there and talk to the guy. I'm on it. Just a bunch of bastards. We made this ride cool before Johnny Depp. We talk to crowd. Created a rich tradition of interactive storytelling. All right, sir. I think it's time you moved talk it along now. Hard. You're scaring the... You know who I am. I'm Guybrush motherfucking Threepwood. I'm sorry, who? Talk to. Guard. I'm a mighty pirate. Look at my beard. It's a very nice beard, sir, but... Oh, hey, Carl. This guy's being a real... Ken. That's Guybrush Threepwood. So he keeps saying. Should I know who that is? He's the most popular character in the LucasArts video game stable. Ooh. I heard about that. We bought them out with all the Star Wars stuff and shut them down. Yeah, we had Zach McCracken in here last week with a fishbowl over his head. Mr. Streepwood, we all appreciate what you've done over the years, but sometimes you have to move on. You've defeated LeChuck, gotten the girl, and maybe now... How appropriate! You fight like a cow! What a horrible insult! Okay, one heating pad, two jars of icy hot, and a uh, back massager. I find it a little unsettling that everyone feels the need to announce what I've purchased out loud. That comes to fifty-one fifty. Thank you. I'll pay with my debit card. Thank you, sir. Here's your receipt, and please don't forget to fill out the survey on the back. The survey. That's right. We just have a few questions we'd like you to... Oh, I suppose that's why this receipt for three items is literally large enough to choke a horse. Sir, that's an exaggeration. No, it isn't. I said literally. I literally rode here on a horse, he literally tried to eat my last receipt, and he literally started choking on it. 
Have you ever tried giving the Heimlich maneuver to a horse? Why do you think I'm buying these particular items, including the actual back massager, which is the size and shape of a volleyball, and I can't possibly imagine what you might even be implying? Oh. If you could just fill out the survey, sir, there are customers waiting. What, you want me to do it now? Well, no, sir. But if you could maybe channel this angry rant into our survey, it might be of better use to corporate. Ah, yes, your corporate overlords. The ones who care so much about my opinion that they actually interrupt what should be a pleasant, or at the very least neutral, experience with a needy, obnoxious, please, please tell us what you think. Isn't this why companies hire marketing departments? Shouldn't they be determining what customers think via focus groups or whatever ridiculous, inane process they have that's been in place since long before this survey nonsense came about? I think they've crowdsourced it, sir. Oh, they've crowdsourced it. They've crowdsourced it, everyone. That means they laid off a thousand people whose jobs it was to determine what customers think and interpret that data in some meaningful way and put the burden on the actual customers. I mean, nobody likes marketing people, let's be honest, which is why I resent being asked to be one. If you fill out the survey, you'll be entered into a drawing for... Oh, let me guess, a free iPad. The way you people throw those offers around, I can only assume you have warehouses stacked from floor to ceiling with iPads. It's amazing you can carry any other products in your store for all the iPads you're holding on to, waiting to give them out to the people who bother to fill out your ridiculous survey. I think you may be overthinking this. Just... Oh, I'm not overthinking it. I'm just thinking it, which is more than anyone in your idiotic company has managed to do. Hello, everyone in line. Sorry to hold things up, but can I please see a show of hands? How many of you have actually won one of these free iPads? No? That's what I thought. And just to be clear, none of you are incapable of lifting your arms because you threw out your back trying to give your horse the Heimlich maneuver. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of shaking heads. That's what I thought. You really need to keep the line moving. And you really need to hand me a pen, because the odds of winning that iPad are obviously higher than I thought. Today's program has been brought to you by the roofies that are guaranteed not to malfunction, Funky Warm Medina. <laughs> Make sure to keep your to store your Medina in a warm <laughs> in a warm place. In a warm, wet place. Can we, can, for example, a moldy cupboard? Right. That is one place. Or the African jungle. Those are two places where your Medina is guaranteed to stay warm and therefore function as advertised as a proper. Uh, I guess a, I guess a roofie is for after the after the fact. Maybe I'm maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe it's not a roofie exactly, but it's it's certainly a drug someone to have sex with them thing, which is still a little... I don't well, know. Well, the, the idea is to knock them out, isn't it? Isn't that what the roofie does? Yes, and then forget. But you, you, put, you put it in someone's drink and it knocks them out. Right. Whereas Funky Cold Medina makes them want to have sex with you. Hmm. Well, the problem with the Funky Cold Medina is that it's cold and it's starting to smell funky. Right. Which is weird because... His Medina is off, is the problem here. So, substandard ingredients is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, and, as we said before, poor storage. Yeah, and that's why we are only endorsing, that's why the show today is brought to you by Funky Warm Medina. Mm -hmm. The only Medina that's funky and warm. <laughs> so, Matt. Hi. Typically, we answer a letter here. I say that every time. And we don't have any letters. I think All right. people are put off by the fact that we don't really have a mail segment anymore. You can still write to us if you like. Mm -hmm. Sarcastic Voyage at Gmail. We, we'd love to hear from you. It's just we don't uh, we don't spend the entire show answering your mail anymore. But uh, if, you, if you have mail, you can send it. Because otherwise, i got to make Matt say a Matt fact. Oh, dear. Yeah. Are you ready? Uh, give me one sec. Okay, go. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, tell me about oranges. 
Oranges, the fruit of the gods, were originally grown back in Greek and Roman times, not at the same time, obviously, because those are two different times. They are known for their fertility, not causing fertility, just, you know, two oranges will fuck if you leave them alone on a table for long enough. Mm -hmm. uh, the resulting orange baby can, be that, can then be made into a type of lemonade uh, that can only be found in Polish reg regions and Polish regimes. Interesting. If is true. it? No. Oh, it is. No, I said interesting if true, and it's not true. It's false. No, it's true. Oh, well, I have no reason to disbelieve you if you say it a second time. Exactly. So very well. Uh, for those of you who belong to our fan club, guess what? You can upgrade now for a very yes. small amount of money. You can also get a ray gun. and For, for an entire $5. Yes. Uh, for those of you who have not joined the fan club, you can join fresh. Uh, costs yes. you a little more to do it uh, at the at the ground level, fifteen bucks. But you can you can get a ray gun. You get all kinds of cool stuff. You get a numbered yes. badge. You get a decoder ring, which works. We do send out decoded stuff from time to time. Yep. Or encoded stuff. Um, a window cling and a couple of iron-ons. Iron-ons because mm -hmm. some people want to iron things onto light stuff. Some people want to iron onto dark stuff. So we we got you covered both ways. If you want to yeah. if you want to put a it's an Allen Matten Dotty uh, Sarcastiers thing. Yes, all of this can be yours for a mere 15 of dollars. Right. Or if you already belong to the fan club, just five more. A mere five of dollars. Get a, get a ray gun. Get you, get you, get you a ray gun. Yeah. Shoot some rays at people. Use it to keep your cat off the couch. You know, I had a cat. That's all. <laughs> the this, end. This is really the show of stories that don't go anywhere. <laughs> this is why that genre of rap needs to come back. Because then I could come up with three verses that support the thesis that I have had a cat. The record will show I'm a dog enthusiast. Look, I... You can be... Look, you don't just have to be a dog person or a cat person. You don't have to be. No. In in there, there is also room for, you know, what I call pet bisexuals, which are people who are both. Right. I am a pet bisexual. Please, pet bisexuals are like unicorns. Oh, no, excuse me. Pet bisexuals like unicorns. Never yes. mind. Yes. My friend has a pet unicorn. I love it. I, I can't wait <laughs> until uh, he goes out of town so I can uh, I can house sit. So you can unicorn sit? Yes. No, you Those don't. Those things are a fucking bitch to give medicine to, by the way. You do not unicorn sit either. You gotta wrap, you gotta wrap it in a towel. <laughs> what, and then feed him the towel like you're on 24? Yeah, exactly. That's terrible. You gotta shove a towel down a unicorn throat... After you dip the towel in medicine, well, ear medicine. You you could med you, you could roofie a unicorn, or you could just join our fan club. How about that? Yes, you okay. can do both things. All you got to do is go to sarcasticvoyage.com, click store. You can also in our store buy stickers. Uh, we got we get stickers and magnets and that sort of thing, stuff with our logo on it, or T-shirts. We got a variety of T-shirts with logos with with uh, different cover art. If you see a cover art that you really like. Mm -hmm. For this episode, for any other episode, if if one of our artist pals has done an art that you just love, let us know. We'll put it on a shirt. We'll sell it to you cheap. We'll give the artist some money. Yep. Everybody's happy. Yeah. I got uh, I got our pal Tidro a um, – well, I sold her one. I didn't get it for her. I'm not being, like, uh, generous. I am running a business here. <laughs> and listen, that's $7. Mr. Al, can we put some more coal on the fire? That's $7 toward the 150 it cost for the web server. Well spent. <laughs> Um, she got a slug butter shirt. Ugh. Exactly. That's the reaction I was going for. Ugh. Slug butter. Ugh. So if you want, if you want slug butter, or if you want Ugh. galiza, or, 
or uh, uh, Crystal Skeletor vodka, any any of the uh, the hundreds of uh, and hundreds. We have done hundreds at this point. Yep, a whole of, hundreds of covers art. Uh, we will we will gladly put it on a shirt and charge you money for it. Yes. Uh, that is it for this time. That is it. Safe journeys, folks. Safe journeys, everyone. This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Kimberly Lajeunesse, Moises Mora, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Matt Robotham and Jason Wallace. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2013. Kevin? Kevin, where are you? I'm over here. You're over... Keep calling out. I can't hear you. Uh, moo. 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 think I'm getting closer. Keep talking. I think I'm... I'm behind you, buddy. Ah! Jeez, you really need to relax, man. Well, you know me. I'm usually pretty easygoing. Uh-huh. Uh, we're not usually wandering around some kind of endless death maze to see... Who are we going to see again? I told you, it's my cousin's birthday. So we're cows. We have lots of cousins with lots of birthdays. Couldn't we visit one that doesn't live all the way in Athens? Yeah, but Greece is amazing this time of year. Or at the very least, not at the end of a series of twisty passages all alike. I'm scared that if I make a wrong turn, I'm not going to be able to back up. No, no, that that that's horses. It doesn't matter. Why are we doing this? You don't understand. The parties this guy throws, well worth the effort. Every year the people of Athens give him seven young men and seven maidens. It is a wild time. The humans give him their children? What's he supposed to do with them? He eats them! And the humans let him do that? Uh, more than that, they want him to eat them. What on earth do they... Oh, yeah, here, this is it. Just around this last corner and... Oh. Mm. Uh. That human doesn't look particularly content to be eaten. Fear not, Athenians! I, Theseus, will rescue you from the clutches of this horrid beast. Ooh, he looks busy. Maybe we should come... Back. Wait, that's your cousin with the fleshy legs? Yeah, I mean, I guess. You guess? Did you not notice he's two-thirds of a human with a cow's head? Huh, you know, I never realized that, but you're right. Huh, well, my dad said Cousin Ian was a minotaur. I thought that was like, I don't know, a political preference or something. Cows can vote in Greece? Well, sure, I mean, it's not like they're women or something. <laughs>